Welcome to the Weekend Entertainment Edition of the Literature and Film Podcast, a.k.a. The We Laugh. Our mission is to inform you of the latest entertainment choices for the weekend ahead, either at the cinema or streaming at home. And now, from a remote location on the East Coast, in the heart of Flying Bull Productions Studios, your host, Richard Lusk and Ryan Bull. Laugh, episode 178. It's a wee laugh for the September 16th weekend. I'm your host, Ryan Bull. Join me across the table, as always, is Richard Lusk. How are you, sir? Just peachy. Uh, we excited have... about movies. <laughs> you're, you're just peachy, but still excited. I like it. Uh, we're in a weird time of year. We're starting to roll out Oscar bait films, but we're still also being able to include more audience-friendly fare. Uh, we've got a horror movie. We've got a remake or a third f- British comedy film. Yeah, romantic thing. Romantic yeah, comedy deal. And then we get some Oliver Stone, the big espionage thriller. Yeah, uh, let's start there. Snowden comes out this weekend. This is from director Oliver Stone, and this is purportedly going to tell us the true story of Edward Snowden, who leaked thousands of classified documents to the press couple years ago the movie stars joseph gordon levitt as ed as edward snowden also has shyly woodley and melissa leo and nicholas cage is in this too yeah he's got a bit part (laughs) that's awesome uh the movie was filmed early last year and was supposed to come out last fall and compete for oscar prizes and they moved the film back and this film has had a very troubled production history yeah why uh no one wanted to finance it. No American companies wanted to be involved in it. Uh, Oliver Stone ended up having to get financing from Germany and France. And apparently most of the film was filmed in Germany. Hmm. Makes sense. So, uh, it's rated R. has a runtime of two hours and 14 minutes. Are you hmm. excited to get on the Snowden train? Not really. <laughs> I wish Snowden weren't such a I, – I, I wish he weren't such a hypocrite. I wish he were a more compelling figure in terms of his own personal beliefs. I think his personal beliefs run counter to, to the way he behaves and what he truly believes. Like if he were an avowed communist and he was wanted to take down the United States, then it, I would be more interested in seeing this movie. But he tries to play it both ways. I think he's a patriot. I mean, he signed up for the military shortly after 9-11. Uh, he was kicked out of boot camp because he broke both of his legs. And I, he went and found a, another avenue to serve his country. I, I think he thinks he's a patriot, but I also think that people think they are something that they, they don't really uh, like. You're, you're not able to define your, uh, your personhood or your identity without comparing it to what that identity should be. Like someone that's close to you famously considers, uh, him herself to be a member of, a certain religion. Mm-hmm. But if you don't really espouse the tenets of that religion, or you don't act in that, in that way, then you're not really that religion. <laughs> I mean, you still have to fit within the parameters of what's decided to be sure. a certain thing. And I think Snowden doesn't fit into those parameters. I think he's too self-serving in that regard. Like I like the Falcon and the snowman. I don't, I like espionage, but those guys were about communists. See, I don't know if you have to be an avowed communist. I mean, this is where we... No, not communist. I'm just saying. 
whatever it is that that you that you are just be that thing and if if that thing is like there were other av- this movie could be interesting i'm not really you've never been captivated by the Ed- edward, edward snowden, snowden story yeah, i didn't see citizen and you, you have a very strong political view on this yeah i'm uh, more negative about that person mm-hmm. I like everybody that's involved except for Oliver Stone. I mean, I think he's he's sort of become less interesting with the more movies he does. But they say this is his most visually interesting movie since uh, JFK. And I kind of like JFK a little bit, but I saw that so long ago. I don't remember it terribly well. Uh, a lot of people are also a lot of critics have already weighed in the movies at 48% Rotten Tomatoes. And they say it's not a bad film. You know, it's well acted. It's it's a gripping story, but it doesn't feel enough like an Oliver Stone film. Well, there's not enough it's, conspiracy. Yeah, I guess you know people want a certain flavor when they go and watch an Oliver Stone film. Well, that's ridiculous. I think that's not getting delivered. And I think you know that goes back to what we were talking about on the previous episode with Sully. A lot of people were upset with the movie because of the director being Clint Eastwood and it's their own personal feelings on what Clint Eastwood brings to the table instead of judging a film on its own merit. Yeah. I don't think it's a fair criticism to say, but I mean, if you have in your mind what a, I mean, what a Tarantino movie should be and he comes out with something like Bridget Jones's other baby, (laughs) you know, and it's a rom-com and you're expecting something else. Then I can see someone having a problem with that, but I don't know if it's fair. I do like the, other person that wrote the screenplay with him's only other movie, The Homesman, uh, Kieran Fitzgerald was a screenplay or the screenwriter for this, along with Oliver Stone, and he wrote uh, last year, or maybe two years ago, The Homesman with Tommy Lee Jones. I thought that was an awesome movie, very well scripted. So, I mean, it's got potential. I just don't like Snowden as a person, and I'm not interested in putting any money in the pocket of a traitor. So you're not going to watch it, at least right now. If this happens to get nominated for Best Picture, I guess you're going to have to go see it. Yeah, maybe. I don't so think that'll happen. We'll though. cross that bridge when and if it happens. Yeah. I mean, I might pick it up on uh, DirecTV or you know on uh, Showtime or HBO or whatever it shows up on. I was going to watch Citizen Four in preparation for this discussion because I wanted to have a clearer point of view about my perspective. On Snow. And uh, I... It would have cost me money to watch it, so I decided, yeah. But either way, I'm not so I'm not necessarily going to go see Snow. Are you interested in seeing that? Uh, fairly. I mean, I mean you're going to go to the theaters. I don't know if I'm going to have time this weekend. Big game coming up: Redskins against Cowboys. Oh yeah, you got to get your nachos together and everything. Got to do a lot. Got to do some. Got to do my chores so I get to watch TV. Okay. So I get my TV time. So Snowden can't get you off the couch. We'll see. Um, can any of these other movies do it? Like the, the Well, I was talking to Superfan Tony Christ of the show, you yeah. know, who often writes into the show and has been on a couple episodes. And this weekend, the movie he's going to go see is Bridget Jones's Baby. <laughs> really? His wife is a big fan is of... Is he going to be compelled to do it? Yeah, that Renee Zellweger, or so at she, least the doppelganger who's playing Renee Zellweger she, in this film. She's in, She's into the Bridget Jones's uh, universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the third Bridget Jones film. And uh, Sharon McGuire comes back. Uh, she had she's the director of the original film. Mm-hmm. She missed out on the middle one, and now she's back. Uh, also in the film are Jim Broadbent, Colin Firth, and that dreamy Patrick Dempsey. <laughs> yeah, Mick Dreamy. 
Yeah. Oh, Mitch Remy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. From Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, not Mitch. Uh, this film is also rated R and has a runtime of two hours and two minutes. And currently on Rotten Tomatoes, it's at 87%. Is this enough to convince you to go watch Bridget Jones's Baby? It was a. It was at 100% at one point, and no. <laughs> Even then, it wasn't compelling enough to make me go watch it. I'm not into Bridget Jones. I never saw the first one, and I never saw the second one. But I kind of like this new version of... Uh, of uh, that, who's that old Renee Zellweger? Yeah, Renee Zellweger. I li- I like the fact that she like owns it. That she, she looks different now. She she looks different, but I mean, so do I. But she also doesn't like when people go, "Have you had cosmetic surgery?" It kind of yeah. looks like she has. Yeah, I don't think she looks bad. Does she say that she doesn't, or does she just say back off? Yeah, she just doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Right. I I I, wanna, I I'm not really okay with though with, and this is where I'm going to sound like a hypocrite is people being offended by people asking them about their looks when pretty much the only reason that they, that they're popular is because of their looks. I mean, that might not be the case with Renee Zellweger. She might not be popular because of her looks, but people recognize her because of her looks and she's hence popular. I don't know. People who are people who are celebrities that chafe against, uh, the accoutrement of celebrity. Uh, they they sort of get under my skin. I mean, she's a fine actress, but she became famous because for a long time she has been quite fetching. Really? Yeah, I think in the early nineties, mid nineties, really? she, she had films where she looked good. So you like old men? No, no I, I, you're trying to get me to be mean. I mean, she, I'm not trying to be mean. Th- I thought, there I there like are her. movies where she looked a little rougher than others. Okay. But, like in Jerry Maguire, I think she had a very pretty face. All right, fair um, enough. Appaloosa, not so much. <laughs> okay, but that's a western, and it's okay. I like Colin Firth. I like Patrick Dempsey. I don't know if I'm going to be on Team Jack or Team or Team Darcy, <laughs> but I, I want to know what Tony see where he winds up. Hopefully, he and or his wife sends in a review of the film so we can probably read that on next week's show. Probably what will happen is uh, Jack gets into the hideous car accident, and she has to go with Darcy. Screenwritten by uh, Emma Thompson. Oh, there you go. And the new screenwriter on that, she wrote the first one. She didn't write the second one. Emma Thompson co-wrote the first one along with uh, Helen Fielding, um, who's back again for this one. The other person that wrote for this movie is Dan Mazur, who wrote Borat and uh, Bruno movies. I've always found those to be very funny. So they say this movie is hilarious. I bet you Tony C. enjoys himself, so good luck, Tony C. All right. Um, The last movie coming out this weekend is another R-rated film. We have three major R-rated films being released this weekend. I know, like, two or three weeks ago, it never happens. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's just happened. It happens all the time now. Uh, This is uh, Blair Witch, and this is the third film in the series. Originally, they were promoting this film as titled The Wood, or The Woods. Because yeah, they, they didn't want anyone to they... know that this was the Blair Witch, the third film. Well, yeah, they but... switched it up finally at Comic-Con this summer. And they're like, you know this movie? It's not The Woods. Yeah, it's but... Blair Witch. It's on. They did that with Star, War- Star Wars, right? It was Blue Harvest for a long time. Until they decided to release it as as Star Wars or whatever. Yeah, I, I but mean, they were trying big... to hide what it was. But you... I couldn't find evidence of this. You claimed that this movie... In this movie, these guys lied to their actors. Yeah, I I didn't find any evidence of that. Where did you find? I know that? I read that this summer. The, it the was director, probably around the time of Comic Con. The director's Adam Wingard, who was behind Your Next and the Guest, and I think part of VHS, right? 
Yeah. He did the first segment of VHS. Yeah, he, which he is, did I think, VHS the best one, and he did a segment in the second one. I think the, the, the first segment of the first VHS was the best segment of all of them. And then, okay. I know, I think you've argued that some other parts of that well, in, in, series are better, but it's co-written also by Simon Barrett. So I'm just wondering how these guys with that kind of pedigree can lie to the, to actors and actresses who are actually real actors and actresses and get away with it. What were they telling them? That it was just a, a chase through the woods. Uh, the director, Adam Wingard, he stated that where the first film's about being lost in the woods, uh, this film is about being chased. So maybe, you know, it was slightly different enough. You, you, I also want to go back. You mentioned The Guest. That is an underrated gem. Okay. I love that film. I saw it last year. And to bring it around to Disney, because all things lead back down the <laughs> road to Disney. Last week, I talked about Beauty and the Beast. Who's playing the Beast? Dan Stevens, who I love from the guest. He is the guest. Now, I just saw a preview for Beauty and the Beast that had the the Leah Sadu from... Uh, That's the French film. Okay, that, she was in That came out a year color. or two ago, but apparently it's going to get a theatrical run here in America. <laughs> what, at the same time that Beauty and the Beast with... Uh, yeah, Emma think, Watson gets her. It, like, are they going to go back to back? No, I, I think the French one's going to play sometime this fall. Uh, the Disney one is set for like March okay. or April. I know of you're excited about that. You're I'm really so excited. excited. I was so happy that while we talk about Blair Witch, a horror film, I'm going to be able to jump ahead and somehow lead it back to Beauty and the Beast. Dan Stevens, underrated genius. How does <laughs> how does? But how how do they manage the the, the surrounding? plot of this movie description is that they go into the woods to find out uh, if the disappearance of James's sister, one of these guys, is connected to the Blair Witch. Mm -hmm. So what, did they like tack that on later? Or at what I, point I don't know this, how they oh, did that. You don't that. really remember. All right, so. Does anyone really know the Blair Witch movies enough to be I, able to explain? I oh mean, yeah, I, I remember the, the first series. one. The, the second one went off in no, some crazy direction, and I couldn't even be bothered. To like watch Bridget it. Jones's baby, it's the uh, it's the stepsister that they put in the ashes. Yeah. It's Ella. I, I'm not excited about this film. It's been a good what 14, 15 years since the last Blair Witch film. I don't see there being a whole lot of energy to go see another Blair Witch film. Well, yeah, I mean that remains to be seen. It, yeah. it got a lot of uh, buzz coming out of what Fantastic Fest, or you said. Comic-Con. Comic-Con, and yeah. it's still, I think some of the Rotten Tomatoes has sort of tempered it. Did you say it was at 48? 56% uh, For a little bit, it was at 100%. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With like seven reviews. But no, um, real critics have seen it now. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, uh, Wingard said it's hard now to, to write. You can't do the same thing that you did with the original Blair Witch, so you're going to have to do something. In the original Blair Witch, they lied to the audience, and here I guess they lied to the, to the actors, and in a sense the audience. But he says we they structured the movie so that it behaves like those VHS movies, that there's a setup and a scare, a setup and a scare, and there's like these vignettes. So hmm. it could work. I mean, it, it's got to be as good as at least as good as uh, Don't Breathe. So are you saying this is the movie people should go see this weekend? No, because... Because we've come to the point in the show that you hate so much. If you have to go to the theaters this weekend, where do you place your money? Hillsong, let hope rise. <laughs> I'll probably... It would It would have to be Bridget Jones's baby. Bridget Jones's baby. Wow, you went with the British rom-com? Yeah. Wow. I like... I like... Uh, I like... I like Colin Firth. <laughs> <laughs> Big fan of Colin Firth. All right. He was great in Kingsman. All right. Fair enough. Uh, 
if I had, what are you going to do? Snowden? If I had to watch one of these three, I'd watch Snowden. But I would still recommend to our audience to go watch Sully. That's my top pick. Oh, that's for the right. You, you talked about that last uh, last yeah. episode. So, um, what if you're staying home this you stay weekend? Stay home. You can watch. This is surprising to me. I didn't know that I was going to like it as much as I did. Although I am prone to watching movies or, or television shows about food. I don't really necessarily like documentary travelogues. Um, famously, Anthony Bourdain, mm-hmm. he does those these kinds of things where you go into different countries and you find out about the food and the local culture or whatever. And his is more gonzo journalism than, uh, than this guy. But I was a fan of Emerald Lagasse when I was younger. And after watching Amazon Prime's Eat the World with Emerald Lagasse, I've become a fan again. And this is a great series. It's a great little series of six episodes of a, in between uh, 45 and an hour long. And he, he goes to different countries and he meets up with famous chefs from these countries and he goes and examines the cuisine of those countries. They make some uh, dishes. They, they talk about the dishes. They eat. They do some foodie things. And uh, the thing that I like most about it is Emerald Lagasse at least in this movie, seems to be genuine. He seems to have a genuine love for and enthusiasm for food and for cooking, and it and he exudes that in such a way that it it's admirable. Like I know that I don't have that. I don't mm-hmm. have that about anything. I'm not enthusiastic about anything to the degree that he's enthusiastic about this. I mean, I love my dogs, but that's all so personal. This is so extended outward through the whole world. And there's interesting uh, details about the cuisine that I didn't know. Like, for example, he visits with Samuel, uh, Marcus Samuelson in um, uh, Sweden. They cook with fat. They, like, drizzle fat over food. Like, they heat up fat and they drizzle it over food. And then, you know, they eat it. It's, it's kind of interesting. Interesting stuff. Old world Viking uh type of uh, Nordic uh, food making. And then I guess he visits with Mario Batali in China and stuff. It's just a really good uh, television show on on Amazon Prime. So I'm interested to see if they do another season. And uh, I watched. I was mesmerized by it. I watched. I powered through it. Cool. And that's that's my Amazon Prime pick of the week. Eat the world. I like it. Eat the world with Emerald Lagazi. Um, if you head by the Red Bots this weekend, you can pick up Captain America: Civil War. If you somehow didn't see it in theaters, I, I can't believe it's taken that long to get out there, or this long to get out I, to I, the public. Yeah, I, I think a lot of that is because they were trying to roll it out all around the world, so they don't want DVDs out because uh. that could affect the secondary markets. Though currently, this is the second highest grossing movie of the year behind Finding Dory, but tons of people saw it. We saw it opening weekend and reviewed it back on Laugh number 144. Uh, you were tepid on it. That's I, I, superhero movie. Yeah, I, I like it. I think it's one of the best superhero movies made. Arguably has the best fight scene ever in a superhero film. That, that throwdown at the airport is pretty awesome. And I think it f- fulfilled expectations. Is there anybody out there that hasn't seen it yet, though? Yeah, I think there are some people. Huh. They're waiting for to yeah. watch it on their TV. Yeah, so I may revisit it. I kind of want to go back and rewatch it and make sure that the thing holds up in my mind. And also, you know, I want to get excited for Doctor Strange that's coming this November, the next Marvel film. 
Speaking of that, I guess we'll be doing our review show next week, huh? Yeah, it's it's about oh, time. I like that. We get to preview uh, all the movies coming out this fall all the, the way up through shows. the new year, right? So all anything that qualifies awards, yeah. for the Oscars. Anything that you're willing to make some Oscar, are you going to make some Oscar uh, predictions? predictions next week? Oh, yeah. I got you've some been, good picks. You've been kind of hesitant on making Oscar predictions. I put myself out there. Unlike you, you like to hesitate, you like to like see the lay of the land. I dive right in. Yeah, I like how you say that. I believe on the last show, I said Sully's going to get nominated for Best Picture, and Tom Hanks is going to get nominated for Best Actor. All right. That's not enough for you? Nominations are one thing. What more can I do? I want you to make a Best Picture bet next week. What wins? Yeah, I already made mine a couple of weeks ago. All right. And... We got some surprises for you on the left on the left podcast coming up. I, I think there are a the lot of gems show. that people aren't aware of yet because uh, trailers haven't been released for a lot of these films yet. So you really have to be in the know. So people should tune in to uh, episode one seventy nine. But um, other than that, uh, quick rundown. You're saying go watch Eat the World, starring Emerald Lagasse on Amazon Prime. I'm saying rent Captain America's Civil War from the Red Box. There are three movies coming out this weekend. Uh, the third Blair Witch film, Bridget Jones's Baby, and Snowden. You're saying go watch Bridget Jones's Baby. I'm saying go watch Snowden. We're not going to have a review of either of those on the show next week because instead we're going to be giving you our fall preview. So yeah. tune in to episode 179. Thank you for joining me, Eldra. Thank you. There be dragons. Talk about them in a bit.